Welcome to the show here with my dad. Well, hey there. Today on the Infinite Option Guide podcast, we're going to talk about how to deal with the weight to adopt and not go crazy. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Infinite Adoption Guide podcast. My name is Tim Elder. We talk about all about infinite adoption on this show. We give you the inspiration, resources, and most of all, hope to start on this adventure you're thinking about 24-7, to go all the way through it. And adoption is never ending. It doesn't just stop when that baby's placed with you. It continues on throughout your life. So this is what we're all about here, building your family through infinite adoption. So thank you for joining me today. This episode is just you and me talking about adoption. Because a lot of people ask me about this sometimes painful waiting time that we all got to go through when you are adopting a baby. And I've done it three times. My wife and I have done it three times. And we've heard a lot of, we've had a lot of our own experiences, but then we've also talked to a lot of different people too. Just, we hear things like, you know, the hardest thing for me is just the waiting. It's so painful. Or every day passes just feels like I've been rejected. Or I'm... I think I'm not pretty enough to be chosen or we're not good enough to be chosen. Or our pictures aren't good enough to be chosen. We're not, we're not the right people. Nobody wants to pick us or it's extremely hard to go through all the gathering of all the paperwork, cleaning our home again and again and again to another home study. Cause the one we did has been 12 months and it's expired and we got to go and all do it all over again. Cause we're waiting so long. It's really a lot about it. It is losing hope and I get it. You know, maybe this is you or maybe you're not quite there right now, but it's something to be considered, something to consider that you might get there. It might be some point in your journey to adopt that you do find there, find yourself there. And I, I've been in your shoes. You're certainly not alone. There's tons of people that feel like they get stuck or they feel like the wait's never going to end. It's, you're ne- it's never going to happen for you. And you've heard a lot of cliches, and I'm sure about, well, just stick with it. And uh, everybody, the baby's out there waiting for you. And, and those may be true, but it doesn't really help you. I get it. I've been there. It doesn't really help you while you're in the wait, uh, especially if you've waited through infertility and gone through that whole ordeal like my wife and I did. Um, it just sucks even more to get into the adoption and wait there too. But today I want to talk about the wait and share with you some practical ways how to handle it, how, what we've learned through our three adoptions, what talking to so many others who have endured the wait to adopt, and just how we can really get through these times. Because one fact about adoption that you may not know is if you're just starting out is no one can tell you how long it's going to take to adopt. No one. If anybody actually promises, oh, it's going to take you 12 months or it's only going to take you six weeks, or it's, they're not telling the truth. Because the only way you know how long it's going to take to adopt is if you actually match with an expectant mom. You actually get that call. You actually match with her you, and she, the baby's actually placed with you. you nobody knows what's going to make that connection. It just takes time to make that right connection for that person, that expectant mom to see your profile, see you for who you are and what life will be like for her baby and to choose you. So you just never know how long it's going to take for you to connect. And we've been through it three times. I've seen tons of other people same way. There's no set amount. So just in case you don't know that, that is the truth about uh, adopting a baby in the U.S. But does that mean you can do nothing about it? You just wait, wonder, go crazy, watching your phone. No, we're going to get into all this right now. And, and really, let's define waiting. I mean, waiting is kind of an arbitrary term. And I, the way I think about it, there's two waiting phases. One of them is 
we're, you just started, you're waiting, you're excited, you're nervous. Um, you got that, you're waiting for a phone call. The second phase is you're about to go crazy. You're, you're screaming for help. Is this ever going to happen for us? We're, we're going nuts here. Phase that's phase one and phase two in my mind. That's how I think about it. So let's talk about phase one. So you get through your home study, you've a few months into your waiting, you know, you got all your to-do list done, mountains of paperwork done, your checklist done, your profiles done. You just find yourself waiting. You're wondering how long it's going to take to make that call, to get a call about an expected mom. And you've heard some people only wait weeks. You're like, how does that happen? <laughs> some people wait years. Uh, again, it's not always up to you, uh, but there are some things you can do. And I would say in this phase, uh, it's really important just to stay busy or distracted, however you like to look at it. And I created a free guide called the 25 tips to surviving the adoption wait. And like, you can get this free guide, no email, you don't have to add, you don't have to do anything, but go to this link and you can get this free guide. And it's over at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 25 tips, two five T I P S. So if you go there and I'll put the link in the show notes, so you don't have to remember it if you don't want to, but that little, it's a really nice guide of 25 different things that I found and that we've done and other people have done to survive the adoption wait. So a little bit about our story. Our first adoption wait was only, only quote unquote, nine months, which is ironic, right? Uh, this is from the time that we got everything done to the point where we were matched. And we didn't get too crazy about the adoption. And we're about the six months into the wait, we had really interesting things happen to us. We had two situations outside of our agency that were just connections that we uh, found that were possible matches with an expectant mom. So one, maybe it had already been born. Expectant mom was deciding between us and another couple. And that was like, whoa, this was about six months in. So we didn't actually get chosen for that one, but it did wake us up and got like, whoa, are we even prepared to bring a baby in our house right now? I mean, we, we started looking at some things. We picked up picked up some things, but, and we had the necessary things, but we didn't have it organized. We didn't have a room painted. We didn't, we, there was a lot of things we wanted to do, a crib set up, a lot of things that we wanted to do, but we just hadn't got that far until this call, this situation came up and we didn't get it, but still woke us up to that. You know, of course we could have made it work. It, we would have been able to bring the baby in and we would have been fine. It just reminded us that we probably want to be a little more ready than we were. So, what I say that is, is, and this is different for anybody, everybody, but think about it in your world, what you are comfortable with, what you won't, what, what won't make you go crazy. So if you start clearing a space in your home for their baby's arrival, maybe you want to set up the crib. Maybe you don't. Maybe having a fully set up nursery would drive you crazy walking by that room every day and realizing it's empty and what you don't have. But if it, it does work for you and you're not going to go crazy, I would recommend setting it up or at least making a plan for how fast you can get this stuff done when you do get the call. Because that call that call could come when the baby is born or the baby is born within a week. That's what happened on our second adoption. Or our, sorry, our first adoption, that baby was born actually within a week of us getting that call. So you really do need to think about it and have be prepared as much as you can and without being able to go crazy. But some other things to do while you're staying busy or distracted in phase one is just educate yourself. And I know you probably did a lot of this going through your home study, but there's a lot of, there's online courses, there's webinars, there's books, there's podcasts like ours, just learning about the joys, the challenges of parenting, uh, um, 
an, adopt, an adopted child or just reading and listening to other adoption stories. We've had a lot of them on the podcast and, and each from different parts of the triad. So we've had birth moms on, we've had adoptees on, or we've had adoptive parents on, all tell, telling their stories. You can find a lot out about people's stories and every adoption story is different. So you're just going to see how things happen. And, and one thing I really recommend is really understand open adoption, how that works and how you can be open to your child's birth parent, uh, especially as you adopt and especially at replacement, super important there. So lots of things to learn about adoption, of course, outside of that, there's things you can do. And what we did home, home improvement projects, take up a hobby, work on a hobby you haven't worked on in a while, take a short trip. Sure. Stay, stay, of course, stay in touch with your agency, but just make a little bit of a list of things you maybe always wanted to do and you might not be able to do, or it'd be harder to do when a little one arrives. Um, date nights are always a good thing. We did that on hosting family and friends at your house. Um, just celebrate, uh, celebrate is probably not the right word, but do some small things and create some memories. And maybe even in the back of our head, we always did this is while you're doing these things, take some pictures because you never know if you're going to update your profile and we'll get into that in phase two, but always thinking about, Oh, this would be a great picture. We love to do this hobby take a picture of ourselves doing the hobby or taking your short trip or doing a home improvement project. Take those pictures, those action shots. You might want to use those in your profile if you need to update it later on. But phase one really is the waiting part there, just more about keeping busy, staying hopeful. You're really not sure how long it's going to take you. Uh, just stay hopeful and organized and hopefully you don't get into phase two. So phase two is the, ah, is this ever going to happen for us? We're going to about to go nuts. Or maybe you are already going crazy. You're just constantly asking, when is this going to happen? Or commenting to other people, I don't know if we're ever going to get chosen. Or maybe we're just not good enough for this. And maybe we should just stop and quit. And I don't know if this is all worth it. If those kinds of thoughts, or especially if you're speaking them to other people or your spouse, you're probably in phase two. There's no specific timetable for phase two. You're not going to know. It's not going to be uh, specifically a year or two or whatever. You, you, It's experience. It's feeling of, ah, this is never going to happen for us. So there's a couple different places you can be inside of phase two in my experience. And this is how I look at it. There's one place is kind of a race against time. So maybe you feel like your age is getting up there. You're, it's starting to make a difference in that. You want to adopt as soon as possible because you start doing the math, right? You're calculating your age and the, what your age of your children would be. If you adopted right now and what if you, it took another year and you'd be even older and you don't want to be in your fifties and potty training a child or, you know, those kinds of things. We've had those thoughts, uh, in our world, uh, trying to not make age an issue, but it really is. I mean, and this is what we were on our third adoption. Both my wife and I were in our forties. Um, we felt like every day, every week, every month that passed was us getting older as we waited for another baby to join our family. And we were calculating all the time. Well, what about this milestone? If they graduate high school and they get married or they have their own kids and how old we're going to be if on all, all each of one of these milestones, it's just hard not to think about those things as time ticks on. And that's part of phase two in my mind. The other place in phase two could be, all right, maybe age is not an issue for you, but you just feel like this is dragging on. There's just no end in sight. 
you're starting to go nuts. Uh, maybe you're getting to the point where you're just super discouraged. Don't want to go on any further. Um, and if you're a person of faith like me, maybe you're just feeling like, God, we're waiting, we're praying, we're doing everything, and you're just doing nothing. What's up? We've definitely have had those times in our waiting periods during our three adoptions. Um, you know, all of our wait times. So real quick, our three adoptions, uh, the first one was about nine months. I said the second one, about two years, and the third one, same. Uh, so we had to go through updating our home study and getting fingerprints retaken and all those things. Times, it really made the wait time even harder. And it does start to make you go crazy. So what I would say is, in our experience and talking to others, if you feel like you're in phase two and you're about in a year or more with no match or maybe even no, nothing even happening, like you don't even know if an expected mom's viewing your profile, you're starting to go crazy, then I would say it's time to do something. And let's talk about what you can do. There's some things you can do that are smaller and things that you can do are bigger. First one I always say, and we did this ourselves, was if you're in that year or so time frame and you haven't updated your profile, it's probably time to start looking at that. You can look at your photos, your profile video, if you've done one of them, which I highly recommend you do. But how could you update what your life is like right now? I mean, that's really your profile is about describing what your life will be like for a child who would join your family. That's what an expected mom wants to know. So reread what you wrote in your profile. Take a look at those pictures in your profile. Are there updates you can do? Maybe you've taken some great shots of things that you've done while you're in phase one and you, you're doing some hobbies or you were taking a trip or something. And those are like, oh, this is, this shows us even better what life's like in our family. That certainly happened for us. And uh, one of the times, one of our adoptions, I know for sure we redid our video, I think twice. Because each time we watched it again, we're like, eh, we weren't really, didn't sound very genuine there. We didn't really talk about this part of our life that really does make a difference. So we took a shot at updating our profile videos. And it definitely happened, I, I thought, at least on our third adoption, that it really made a difference. Because uh, after that videos changed, we were matched pretty quickly after that on our third adoption. So it, we just felt like, after we did that profile change and the profile video change, we felt it was a clear picture of what our family was like. And you just don't know what an expected mom will find in your video or in your profile that'll connect with you. For us, all three of ours, ironically, um, was that our faith that we're Catholic and that they wanted a Catholic family. And that's, that was important to them. So that was one of the connections we made. And one of them was just how we looked. And one of them was just what they commented about how genuine we came across in our videos. And I think redoing the videos definitely helped. It's work. I get it. But if you got time and you're going crazy waiting, it feels good to do something. And if you could do something that furthers your adoption, I think that's huge. Another thing you might want to do is check in with your uh, agency or attorney or social worker about your preferences. Now, this is something that you probably went over really early on and you don't want to make too big a changes to your preferences. So what I mean by that is like if you're wanting to uh, adopt uh, only a newborn or only a, and you maybe have a gender selection, like I only want to, I only want to adopt a boy or only want to adopt a girl. Maybe you think about broadening that a little bit. 
just look at reassess your adoption preferences. Talk to your agency and don't go crazy and get do something you're not comfortable with doing or or changing just to change, but just relook at them and see if there's something you might consider opening up about. So the one big thing I always suggest too, and you can do this in phase one or phase two, but certainly in phase two is if you're going crazy and you're not ready for big changes of your profile or anything like that, it could be you're just missing connection. What do I mean by that? Well, you're, you need to connect with other families, especially other families that are waiting. I, I mean, that's huge. My wife and I found about, it was so helpful for us on all three of our adoptions, connecting with people that are in the same boat as you. I mean, naturally you're gonna talk to your friends and your family and they're gonna be there for you and they wanna be positive. They're always wanting to uh, hear positive things from you. So it's hard to go into any kind of a hard conversation or a negative conversation with them because they don't really, they want you to be positive. Oh, you're Just be positive, just be positive. You're gonna adopt and, and, but the people that are going through the adoption wait, like you are, they're going to get it more. They're going to understand where you're at. You can talk to talk and walk the walk because they're right there with you. So you're, you can be a lot more vulnerable with people that are in the same boat as you are waiting and having that connection and understand or finding other people like you is just, it just gives you hope. It unlocks hope. It unlocks these feelings that, oh, I can do this. Somebody else is there too, and they're doing it. And you can bounce ideas off each other. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you worked on your profile? Have you done things outside of your profile? So how do you find these people? Your agency may or may not be able to help you find people like this that are local. I mean, local is always better if you can find people in person, no question. I would ask your agency if you can see if you can find that. But certainly you can go into online support groups. I mean, our Facebook adoption support group is amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes for you there. I, I There's tons of people that are, it's a great way to meet others, ask questions, learn, uh, and just share your feelings. But sometimes being a large support group online isn't going to give you everything you need. You may not get the connection you want. These people may, in the groups, may not even want, you know, they may not be so supportive of you. Um, we try like crazy to uh, keep that from happening in our support group, but you may be part of a support group where people won't want you to be so vulnerable and won't want you to complain or, or be looking like you're losing hope. So how do you combat that? Well, I, I highly recommend finding smaller support groups. They're not easy to find. Certainly locally, they're not easy to find. But we've created a place online. It's a one-of-a-dop, one-of-a-kind of community, and we call it the Infinite Adoption Guide community. And it's just a safe, private, online space. We bring people together. I mean, to get you into a small group is huge, and that's exactly what we do. We put you with five to ten other people, create a private place for you to chat, share experiences, learn together, encourage together, and you. And I encourage everybody to get on Zoom or some video call so you can actually see each other and talk to each other that way and really work on your relationship and just friendship and supporting each other when you can see each other and talk to each other, not just through typing words in a chat or 
being in a big Facebook group of several thousand people. I mean, engaging with other families that have adopted is so powerful. It can provide a great deal of hope for you, something you can't get anywhere else. Um, and especially not in your, through your family and friends, no matter how positive or excited they may be in support of you. And I'm sure they are, but go to infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash community and see what we're all about there. We're just getting started, uh, bringing people in, but I check it out or email me at Tim at infiniteadoptionguide.com. If you have questions about what, how it really works, happy to talk to you about that. Uh, so let's say you've done these things or you're, you're feeling hopeless um, and you're just going crazy. And you're like, ah, this is all great, but I've done it all and I'm still going crazy. Well, you may want to consider something even bigger. So changing gears, trying to find a new agency, a new professional. Maybe you're looking at maybe switching gears and doing a private adoption through an attorney or conducting your own outreach through social media. There's things like that you can do. And I've done a lot of research. And if you find yourself in this place, I, I, I have a free starter guide that's called how to find the right adoption agency in four steps. So this is, and you may not think, oh, I already found one. I don't want to find another one. But if you're not getting what you need from them and you're like, I need to make a bigger change, this may be the right thing for you to do. So you can go to findmyadoptionagency.com. You can get that free guide, walks you through how to evaluate them and choose the right one for your journey. And it is a free guide. So it's kind of short and sweet summarized but if you want faster and much more in-depth help with a lot of resources and step-by-step -step videos and everything and i've created an online course that gives you brings you all the way through that and you can go as fast or slow as you want to to get through the course it's going to help you figure out how to find the right adoption agency for you and why and why you want to find what is the right adoption agency for you and why you want to find that so findmyadoptionagency.com. You'll see how to get started there. All right, just to wrap this up, you know, this journey, adopting a baby, it's not for the weak. It could put a lot of stress on you and your spouse. I mean, my wife and I've seen it. We've been through it three times. But wherever you are in the wait, be there and do what you can. Just take one step forward. And I know it's kind of cliche-ish, but it certainly worked for us. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. Oh, somebody else adopted in two weeks. Somebody else adopted in two months. And it's taken us two years. It will happen for you if you don't give up. Keep going. Your story is unfolding. This is your family. This is your story. This is your journey. So if you're one of those people that are sitting and waiting and, and praying in that darkness and losing hope and getting discouraged, don't give up. Try to find people that will support you and be around you even if it's online and we're there for you through our Facebook group and our community because adopting a child isn't about luck it's about persistence and faith and working on your dream of bringing a baby into your family firmly believe that so as we wrap up here I just want to encourage you to go back and check out an episode that my wife and I did it's called top 10 things we've learned through three infant adoptions and we talk a lot about if you want to hear her side of some stories that we did through our uh, three infant adoptions that's it's a great show it's uh, episode number 62 I'll put a link in the show notes but episode 62 where my wife and I talk about uh, what we learned through our three adoptions and don't forget to go get that uh, 25 tips for surviving the adoption wait infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 25 tips all the links will be in the show notes today 
So if you're driving or uh, don't remember all the links, that's fine. Just go to infiniteoptionguide.com forward slash 105. This is episode 105. And the, everything will be in there for you. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, you are my prayers as you go on the journey to build your family through infinite adoption. And God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to my dad. Thanks for listening to my dad. Thanks for listening to my dad. Okay. Thanks for listening to my dad.